the Holding Hands and Throwing Fists podcast. I got the mic. And I have the opinions. Hey everyone, welcome to season three. We are super excited for our season premiere. We have a few changes this season. I think a few additions after... We had took a week off, obviously, because we had production meetings for Holding Hands and Throwing Fists every day. I think we have some great ideas for this season. And hopefully with those new additions, we'll also gain some new fans this season. Yep, we're making big changes. Hopefully season three is a charm. I don't know if that makes sense, but you yeah, get the idea. Yeah, yeah, it does. <laughs> uh, we're still live from Fight Island. We're here. It's exciting. It's also a little boring because there's only fights once a week and we're trapped in our hotel room the rest of the time. But uh, thank you again to Abu Dhabi, the country, and all the UFC staff for making everything really uh, functional and working well. And thank you to my Kindle and Libby for keeping us occupied in our hotel room with books. Yeah. And thank you to my employer for letting me work remotely. Because holding hands and throwing fists isn't paying all the bills just yet. Just yet. This episode of the Holding Hands and Throwing Fists podcast is sponsored by Bud Light Seltzer. There's no better seltzer drink in the world. Ding, ding. So let's recap. Um, We're going to rewind a little bit for our first two recaps. Bellator from October 3rd. Sinead Cavanaugh won. Kiefer Crosby lost, unfortunately. Charlie Ward won, and our boy James Gallagher won. Whoop, whoop. Whoop, whoop, whoop. UFC also had an event on October 3rd. It was a relatively light card, uh, but some honorary winners and shout-outs go to uh, Carlos Condit, who won. First one in a long time. Congratulations. Jermaine Durandamy won, and she called out uh, the champ, Amanda Nunes, again. And Holly Holm won uh, looking the best she has in a really long time. So, uh, whoop, whoop. Yeah. This weekend, this past weekend, Bellator also had an event. It was, like, sort of anticlimactic because it should have been super exciting because Bellator is the first MMA promotion to host an event in France. But the card was kind of eh. And... Fucking Bellator does this pretty regularly, and it's not just when it's international. It it happens a lot. They have like two cards in one night, and they promote it as two different cards, and they did the fucking same thing this weekend, and then it's so confusing because you're like, wait, is it tonight? And they'll have one main event, but then have another card that also goes to main event. It's silly. It makes no sense. Anyway, um, Kieran Clark beat Jean Ndoy. That's a fun name to say. I know. I, I should find out if uh, that's how you pronounce your it. Boy <laughs> your boy Ndoy. Your boy. Well, your boy lost. Uh, Timothy Johnson beat Chuck Congo, which was a, a main event. And Michael Page beat Ross Houston by unanimous decision, which was another main event on a different card on the same night doesn't make any sense just doesn't all right uh ufc also had a pretty big weekend this past weekend october 10th uh just some of the winners that i want to shout out were uh, joaquin buckley just became a household name by beating impa kasanganini um uh-huh <laughs> <laughs> 
More on that later. Uh, Edson Barboza looked great beating Makwaner Mirakani. As you know, Makwaner Mirakani is uh, on my list of uh, some of the best names in uh, UFC or MMA today. But Edson Barboza uh, proved that that has no weight in the octagon um, by beating him with relative ease. And Corey Sandhagen beat Marlon Moraes. Cool. Yep, yep. So let's get to one of our uh, big changes. Of season three? Of season three. All right, you want me to take it? Uh, yeah. So yeah. Um, just like how in MMA uh, people will fight a different amount of rounds depending on the week and the event, uh, Most basically the headliner will fight five rounds. Uh, all other fights are three rounds. And then there's the rare case where you are a headliner, usually because of a last-minute kind of substitute or because of injury or something, where you are a headliner, but you have not trained for a five-round fight, you will be fighting a three-round main event. We are going to use our own judgment as veterans of the podcasting MMA game now in Season 3. And we're going to uh, toggle back and forth between Top 3 and Top 5. So sometimes there's... Brain yeah. is exploding right <clears throat> now. Friends, I hope you're all okay. I really hope you're not driving listening to this. I that would have fucking knocked you off the road. A, a warning Ooh. for that. Uh, but basically, the whole reason behind it is that some lights, honestly, are just a little light in the MMA media kind of circus. And uh, we'd rather give you uh, three banging rounds instead of uh, five eh rounds. So, babe, let's start off our top three stories of the week. Cool. Number one in our top three is Corey Sanhagen. We already mentioned he won against Marlon Moraes with a TKO. I think he definitely is worth shouting out, especially because last time he fought, I wasn't rooting for him because he was fighting our boy Aljo. But now that he's not fighting someone I love, I can root for him again. And I really like Corey Sanhagen. He looked good. He controlled the whole fight. It means he's back in contention for getting eventually a title fight um obviously not before aljo but that's okay two things i want to say one i just remembered now i like him because he made it his mission to stop using so much paper towel and george is awful he's awful I should make him empty his pockets right now. He usually has a minimum of three crumpled up paper towels in his pocket. That is just wrong. So I like him for that. Second thing I wanted to talk about is happy as I am that Corey won. Potential early stoppage? Silver Fox may have gotten in there a little fast. I don't think Marlon necessarily had a chance to to fight back. And so I feel a little bad for Marlon. So, I uh, took a little sneak at the production show notes during our production meeting, which I guess is when we're supposed to be doing that stuff. So it's not sneaky at all. It's not sneaky at all. It's doing your job. Yeah, I mean, I would never do that to you. Um, But I found this tweet from Mark Goddard, who's the ref. It wasn't Silver Fox. And he said, people... It was? I think, because, well, listen to the tweet and you make your decision. People take face value what they think they know. They never see the aftermath. Marlon, unable to stand, 
accepting and thankful of the stop. We can always let a fighter take a few more, but it's us who have to live with that, not Twitter. You just got to tune out that no- noise and nose. <laughs> okay. But I will say say that I agreed with you when we saw it. We were like, well, is that maybe early? Did it need a little bit more time? But I guess Mark and Marlon didn't really contest it at all. He didn't just... contest it, but he did say it was a potential early stoppage. But I think this is healthy conversations to have. See, is it healthy? Is it not? I don't know. As you go to number two, I'm going to see what's in your pockets. I don't have. I just I just changed my pants. Shut I don't have up. any paper towels. It's rare. We'll do it. We'll do a little. Uh, All right, we're. I'm gonna. I'm gonna check these pockets during the week and get back to you all <laughs> next week. <laughs> all right, um, Corey Sandhagen won the main event in stunning fashion, but we gotta say who really stole the show on. Um, wait, Corey Sandhagen won the main event. Yeah. Yeah, it was him. Okay, I got confused because Edson Barboza fought that night too, and he did great. Yeah. Um, but Joaquin Buckley. Stole the show. Stolen. Saturday night. So, he basically threw a kick to his opponent. Opponent caught it. Pretty normally, you see it happen all the time. It's taught in beginner's Muay Thai classes. You you catch the kick and then either strike back or trip and sweep or whatever. Well, Joaquin Buckley then turned his caught kick into a spinning heel kick to the face straight knocking out his opponent immediately it is like the ultimate instagram clip of all time definitely people went nuts um we first found out about it because we actually so joaquin buckley doesn't even have like a wikipedia page he was fighting on the early prelims he's a relatively young fighter people don't know anything about him if you say that you know about him you're a liar or like his mom yeah (laughs) and we uh were actually eating dinner we missed the prelims but we had thankfully our queen's correspondent andreas calling us all the way from new york because we were busy you know in the media room trying to eat something real fast before the main card got started and he said you guys do you guys see that we had missed it because we weren't looking at the screens fools, and we were just paying fools. attention. We could have been there for the, like, number one KO in UFC history. Well, that's what I wanted to lead this into next, babe. Oh, dear. What do you think about it? I mean, it was great, right? But people are calling it the greatest of all time. I don't think I know enough to call anything the greatest anything. So, I, I don't know. There you go. I don't know. (laughs) I say I don't know just because I don't know if it's the most meaningful. It wasn't the biggest fight. It wasn't... um, I don't know. I I think it's the most special in recent history. It's special. But yeah. I think what you said is like meaningful. It's like, okay, he... It didn't lead to anything except some extra money. Yeah. So Joaquin <laughs> was awesome. He's he seems like a really really nice guy. Oh, good guy. Yeah. Alert. Good guy. Alert. <laughs> he was getting interviewed by our uh friend Karen. Oh, um, Karen, I love Karen. Yeah. Like the the real awesome Karen, not like this negative Twitter Karen that everybody no, keeps no, on her. No, no, no. Um so she was interviewing him when Dana came over and uh, <laughs> uh talked to Joaquin. Uh, he started to like tear up a little bit and was super happy. Dana White, the president of the UFC, was saying that 
Uh, he was getting texts from everybody uh, saying that he should not only get the $50,000 bonus, but he should get the full $200,000 <laughs> bonus that all, was allocated to all the fighters because it was that great. So I don't um, know. Give our friends a little taste of what he sounded like here, would you? Boom. Oh, no. You're going to make me cry. Oh, <laughs> All right. I mean, how could you not root for that? I know. What a cutie. Good luck to you, Joaquin. And you have a super cool name. And uh, just to say that, like, it wasn't something that came out of left field. He told Karen, he's like, I've practiced this a million times. Yes. Super cool. Uh, So number three on our top three, I have to rewind back to James Gallagher, who won two weeks ago. It was an important fight in that. James and his opponent, Cal Eleanor, were slated to fight for other times, and there was a lot of trash talking, so it was important in that way. And also, people think um, James is a little too hyped up, and, like, he's the next Connor, and so people were, like, sick of hearing him talk because he's also a little arrogant, and so he was not really talking at all before this fight, and so it was just, like, totally different James and then without a crowd it made it even different again and like less important in some ways but it was important and so when he won by submitting Cal Eleanor towards the end of round one it was a huge deal and James who purposely went out of his way to like not talk trash to not be all over social media was back to his normal self <laughs> in the post-fight interview. And he had a lot of really great uh, post-fight quotes. But my personal favorite, and I think yours, I of think course. we were laughing, was when uh, James Gallagher was asked who he wanted to face next. And he said, the mall. Give me anyone, everyone, and a big bag of money, and I'll fight any fucking one of them. Oh, what a great quote. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He's a young guy, only 23 years old, Babes. taking over the Bellator scene. I think everybody in the media is saying now that like he needs to uh, take a step up in terms of like opponents that he's fighting. And yeah, sure, we're gonna ride the James Gallagher train all the way. We we don't uh, we're, we're we're supporters. We're here. Totally. We're not judging. Uh, but gotta say that he's oh this is, sorry lost my train of thought again. But we recently saw. Fights in Dublin in 2014, oh and we gosh. saw him when he was 17 years old walking out to be a cornerman for Patty Houlihan, and he was just, he was such a baby. He still literally had baby fat on his yeah, face. Yeah, he was really <laughs> cute, but like that's how serious he's taking it, yeah. and how serious he must have been taking it when he was only freaking 17. And also, we've said this probably in season one all the way back then. We were talking. <laughs> Can about hardly him. remember that. But how could you not be influenced by Conor McGregor? He's not this guy who's getting influenced because he follows Conor on Instagram. He's this guy who's been in the gym yeah. with Conor since before Conor was this huge mega superstar and has known him since he's been a teenager. Right. So, like, how are you not going to get influenced by that? I got freaking influenced by you. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Lucky you. Yeah. All right. So, actually, I'm, I'm taking this. Cool. One of the benefits of... Moving to a top three is that we thought it allowed us to add another segment to the podcast. And in one of our really fucking deep, insightful production meetings, George came up with Behind the Beef. Behind the Beef. 
We love the beef. <laughs> we love it. That's what makes so many fights interesting. Um, and so we know always the full story of the beef, but we never really get an opportunity to tell you the full story of the beef. So as much as we possibly can and when it's appropriate, we'd like to go behind the scenes and, and tell you what's going on behind the beef. All right, we're going to start with Korean zombie Chan Sung Young against Brian Ortega. They'll be facing off this Saturday, October 16th in the UFC, and there's some beef there. All right, you ready for this? Let's go. Friends, this shit's going to be good. Get some popcorn. Korean Zombie and Brian Ortega, T-City Ortega, were scheduled to fight December 21st, 2019. October 17th, 2019, Ortega and Young face off for their fight in December. Both guys are super respectful, and Ortega gives a Korean hand symbol that means I love you. It went viral on Instagram, and people were really excited for the fight and the fact that these two honorable fighters were going to take place, uh, have a competition take place. However, on December 4th, 2019, just weeks before the scheduled fight, Brian T. City Ortega had to pull out because of a torn ACL. February 10th, everything was going pretty quiet. And in Korean Zombies translator, Jay Park, who's like famous in certain circles, I have no idea <laughs> which <laughs> circle rapper, goes on. I don't I <laughs> but his translator said that Ortega was afraid to fight, and that's why he pulled out. So on March 7th, Ortega was at UFC 248. Guess who else was there? Korean Zombie and Jay Park. So Korean Zombie went to go to the bathroom. And when he went to go to the bathroom, Brian Ortega went up to translator Jay Park and slapped him because of what Korean Zombie said. Immediately after Korean Zombie said that was super whack that Ortega waited for him to go to the bathroom. And then right after that, Ortega apologized. Ortega posts on Instagram in June to tell Korean Zombie, Korean Zombie to sign the contract. Korean Zombie then posts, I'm sure you're aware why I can't go to the States at this time. If you would come to Korea, I am ready even in July. Otherwise, stay calm waiting for me. And then Boom. we were given two gifts. On August 19th, the first two gifts, actually, were Matthew and Thomas were born. And then the third gift was, it was announced that a new fight is scheduled between T-City and Korean Zombie for October 16th. Korean Zombie said that he only talked trash because he thought fans would enjoy it. But from now on, he will not participate in it because it only puts him in stressful situations. So, <laughs> the lead up to this fight has been pretty quiet. But you should tune in and find out who wins this beef. The main card starts on ESPN Plus this Saturday at 7 p.m. You know you got Hulu. You know you got Disney Plus. You got ESPN Plus and you don't even know it. Tune in, guys. Yeah. Um, last thing, uh, for episode one, we didn't mention this at the top of the episode, so we just got to bring it up. Oh, of course. What's that? Oh, no, unless we forgot two things. You go first. Well, of course we forgot to mention that what's, what's getting us through all this time in our hotel with nothing really to do 
is Bud Light Seltzer. Ding, ding. Yeah, Bud Light Seltzer is pretty great. I mean, you got to drink Bud Light Seltzer responsibly. Of course. All the time. And if you're in a hotel room, how much more responsible can you be? Let me tell you what. The beer shower has long been touted as like the best, one of the best kind of showers to have. Mm. The seltzer shower. Do you mean the other way around? Shower beer? Whatever. Because beer shower, I'm picturing like beer coming out of the faucet. Yeah. So I'm taking seltzers out of the faucet and bathing myself in them. <laughs> Excellent. It's great. It is great. And then we also got to change up or let you guys know about the change up in, uh, how we are labeling and numbering our podcast for season three. Go ahead. Roman numerals. <laughs> we just did straight up 10 episodes in season one. And then in season two, we followed uh, an alpha system from A to Z. Now we're doing Roman numerals. I love so. it. So clean. Looks good. Yeah. Stick along for the ride. This episode was brought to you by Buffers Blazers. Follow Buffers Blazers on Instagram for all things fashion and fighting.